When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. I'm just a messenger, let me just pass on the rock Browning, uh, brunning, bruning, pronouncing ain't what he's doing What he's doing is not losing, but infusing you with new things And there's Dennis the Bennett, yeah. the man is a menace yeah. Building a dynasty, some of the finest things, promise you, you won't regret it mm. Slice a fox, cultured and pop, give him his props Here is a thought, here is a box, and you cannot compare him at all So don't even try, careful with the news, but when you use a take I take up Tony Fire, I mean dire, because anyone else is a huge mistake Whoa, fantasy round table, fantasy, fantasy round table Fantasy round table, come take a look at the crown, baby Hey, fantasy round table, fantasy, fantasy round table Fantasy round table, come take a look at the crown, baby Go! Hello and welcome to another episode of the Fantasy Football Roundtable podcast. It is Friday, uh, heading into another weekend. We have a little bit of news we get to cover, and we're also looking at our top 12 wide receivers pre-draft. Dennis will be along with us in a little bit, but right now, don't adjust your screens if you're watching on video. That is indeed Matt Bruning. Yeah, I am glad to be back. It's been it's been a minute, hasn't it? I, I keep kind of forgetting how how long it's been. Uh, life's been crazy, so it's been. And honestly, life was trying to get me to not be able to do this show today, if I'm being honest. But things just barely happened to work out, and I would not even really say they worked out. But I was able to make the show, so uh, thrilled to be here. Thrilled to talk a little. Uh, watch series. 
which, you know, that's a good segue. The the biggest piece of news between uh, Monday and today is uh, the Jets making some moves at wide receiver. We'll get to the one that they signed in a minute. But first, they traded former second-round pick Elijah Moore and a third-round pick this year to the Cleveland Browns for the Browns' second-round pick. That gives them back-to-back picks in the second round, probably ammunition for their trade of Aaron Rodgers. But for the Browns, that gives them a top three now of your favorite receiver ever, Amari Cooper. Uh, Elijah Moore and Donovan Peoples-Jones. How are you feeling f- about the weapons they're putting around Watson? You know, I, I I will be honest. When I first saw the trade, I I was pissed because I thought it was Cleveland gave up their second and third to get Elijah Moore, and I was like, what are we doing? The fact that they got Elijah Moore and a third back for the second I just think it's a good trade overall based on, you know, what we thought of Elijah Moore first coming into the NFL. I find it an intriguing move because I personally don't know how special Elijah Moore is. I I think he's shown us some interesting things, but I I don't know how much I'd view him as like this high-end wide receiver. Now, maybe you're not getting a high-end wide receiver in the second round, but I kind of feel like with this draft class, you probably could have gotten somebody good. They had they said they had a second-round pick who would have been on a rookie deal. Maybe it was more of them just pushing all in to get a veteran wide receiver because Elijah Moore's technically that over the rookies and, and try and really kind of push in for their Super Bowl window. So if I'm looking at it from that aspect, I do kind of like it. I think he's probably the two in the offense. Uh Donovan Peoples-Jones, I I don't know that he's ever going to be what a lot of people hope he's going to be. I know a lot of people want him to be in like that Will Fuller role now with with Elijah coming in. DPJ will be on the outside with Amari Cooper. I just don't know that he ever realizes that. Amari Cooper, I mean, I hope he plays the way he did last year. Uh, You know, I've taken every bad thing I said about him back after what he did last year. But I don't know if this really means much for fantasy. And I'd be very curious to see what your thoughts are on it. I don't think I'm really all in on more because of the offensive system that Stefanski has run his entire career. Like I feel like it's a one wide receiver offense and that's going to be Amari Cooper. So until they show that to me, I'm just kind of out on anybody, not Amari Cooper in the Browns offense, but I do think it gives them depth and it's, it's a good piece for an NFL roster for him to be the wide receiver too for them. Yeah, I think it's not bad for the Browns. I like that they're trying to get a few more weapons. I was a little bit bummed because I thought we were going to see DPJ at least get a chance to step up. And he showed some flashes last year, but that you're right. He probably takes, you know, he's probably number third at best. Um, and Njoku's still there, uh, and I still like his his potential. Um, I think you're also right. The Browns haven't really shown us that they can support two or three fantasy relevant receivers. Um, so that's going to be interesting. Is it, is it still going to be Amari Cooper or are we going to enter a worse situation where now a different guy hits the home run every week and you, you have a floor, but it's not exactly a robust floor for any of those guys. Um, you know, it does make sense that they have kind of focused. We've seen Deshaun Watson offenses in the past, 
kind of have a running back that's just a power running back and not much of a receiver. It has made sense that they haven't really looked to replace Kareem Hunt, who was more of a pass-catching receiver. Maybe that benefits targets now moving out to wide receivers. I didn't think it was – I thought it was a decent trade for the Browns. The AFC is stacked. They've got to try to get some weapons if they want to make a move. It's incredible arms race in the AFC. It's going to be really fascinating to watch the NFC. We, you know, later this summer, um, we're probably going to do our rankings of like quarterback group, running back group and wide receiver group for AFC and NFC. I can't imagine what that's going to be like. It's going to be the tale of two cities. One you want to live in and one you want to shun. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, to, to your point on the running backs thing too, like uh, I believe Kevin Stefanski's come out and said that the plan is to throw the ball more this year. Now with Watson kind of getting a year under his belt. So we'll see. I just, I need to actually see that maybe they were having the offense run like that because the quarterback was Baker Mayfield and he just wasn't ever going to be what I'd hoped he was. So maybe that's why, but I think I need to see it before I'm going to believe it. So the Jets, in a corresponding move, signed Michael Hardman, the former Kansas City Chief, to a one-year deal. So now they're receiving core currently at the moment. Garrett Wilson, Alan Lazard, who they brought in on a four-year plan. They still had Corey Davis and Denzel Mims, who are on expiring contracts, and they bring in Hardman. How does that clarify this group for you with more moving on? Yeah, I think he ends up sliding into probably like a Christian Watson, Marquez Valdez Scantling role that we've seen in green Bay. I mean, even though it's not technically official, Rogers wants to play for, for the jets, right? It's just them working out the compensation. I imagine they're going to figure that out someday. Who knows when someday they'll figure that out. Rogers will be on the roster. July 31st. Probably. Yeah. Uh, with so we know how much Rodgers loves to to throw to weapons that he knows and trusts, which is Alan Lazard, who I think is still going to be a big weapon for him and specifically a red zone threat. And I think Garrett Wilson comes in and to oversimplify this is probably in the Devontae Adams type role. I, I think that's where he plays. And then Michael Hardman ends up becoming the speed threat. I, for fantasy, I don't see him being much of anything outside of like a best ball guy. And the only reason I'd be willing to put him on one of my best ball rosters is because you have Aaron Rodgers as his quarterback. So you probably get a couple boom games that win you weeks because he'll automatically get thrown in your roster if he does well. Uh, but yeah, I, I don't think he does much for you in fantasy. I think he's just a depth, a depth piece at the end of the day. Yeah, I still love Garrett Wilson. I think the trade of more benefits Lazard, who now, yeah. you know, clearly should s- slot in at number two. Hardman wasn't a reliable fantasy option in Kansas City, still isn't. And I think Corey Davis is still kind of the odd man out, wide receiver for who knows about Denzel Mims. Uh, uh, poor guy. A couple other wide receivers that uh, that signed with teams during the week. Uh, we. Nelson Aguilar goes to the Ravens on a one-year deal. Isaiah McKenzie uh, goes to the Colts. And just uh, most recently, DJ Chark uh, to the Panthers, also on a one-year deal. Do any of those moves excite you? Uh, DJ Chark kind of – I like that they're building out this – veteran wide receiver core for whichever rookie they're going to end up taking. I mean, I know there's still chatter that they're going to end up trading back. I, I think even if they do, they're only trading back to like three and, and or, or four. Like they want to get one of those top quarterbacks. I don't think they're going to move off one. I think they're just saying that. But if they do, 
I still think they're going to get one of those top quarterbacks. So I do like that. You know, him, I, I know you guys talked a little bit about the Adam Thielen deal. I like that they're building in veteran wide receivers for the this rookie quarterback. I imagine they'll still get a rookie wide receiver at some point as well to kind of pair with them. Uh, but Chark, you know, we've seen he can be a reliable fantasy asset when healthy. He was had moments in Detroit. Again, health kind of bothered him. If he can stay healthy, I think he's a, you know, probably intriguing wide receiver three for your fantasy teams, depending on the quarterback. Because the one thing I will also say is Carolina does have a good offensive line. So if they do go, you know, Stroud or Young with that number one pick, I think that the wide receivers there in Thielen and Chark will be able to actually get the ball a decent amount because the quarterback will be protected. Yeah, and let's all pour one out for a Terrace Marshall wide receiver one season, which lasted from the f- moment they traded DJ Moore um, about a week until they yeah. signed out. Hopefully <laughs> you moved him. Hey, if you've been listening to this show, you know, at least I've been out on Terrace Marshall this whole time. So, hey, you, I hope, hope you moved. Hope they you moved do have window. They do have – they have built, I agree with you, an interesting set of weapons. I liked Miles Sanders signing um, yeah. to go with Chuba Hubbard. They got veteran tight end in Hayden Hurst, who we've seen, you know, had great success last year in Cincinnati. And now if you're looking at a receiving core of Chark, Thielen, and then you have Marshall, LaVisca, Chanel, Shai Smith, that is a lot more appealing than right after the DJ Moore trade. Everybody's like, nobody wants to come here. You're going to yeah. be throwing to, you know – Tremble at Tommy Tremble at tight end and Shy Smith at receiver. You're you're gonna have nothing. Well, they they said they had a plan and it has looked like a plan. I do think Chark of all of those three has the most ability to be fantasy relevant. I don't trust any of the second tier receivers they bring into Baltimore. Um, and Aglor didn't do much when the Patriots had no one. Don't think he'll do much here. McKenzie. Paris Campbell had an actually interestingly productive season last year, kind of in that slot role. They still have Pierce and Pittman on the outside. But the big question for me with the Colts is I don't know what they're doing at quarterback. And part of me thinks that their head coach, Strucken, who spent a lot of time working with Jalen Hurts, is once Anthony Richardson with that. Yeah, that's kind of why I didn't bring it because I don't think that's going to be great for yeah. any of the wide receivers, at least for year one. I still think Richardson has a high ceiling, but I do think it's going to take him time to get well, to you could end up with Gardner Minshew starting. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, and, you know, we, we just mentioned, you just mentioned, so you mentioned Mecole Hardman on him going from Kansas city to green Bay. I actually kind of view McKenzie in the same light as he's the speed threat, but like, he's just never put it together. And McKenzie also in the past couple years has been playing with arguably one of the best quarterbacks in all of football and Josh Allen, who has a gun and we saw was not afraid to launch the ball down the field to when Gabe Davis, who struggled with hands, his hands struggled to catch the ball. With McKenzie never showed us that, but he never really seemed to be able to get it going. Now you're going from an offense like the Bills to the Eagle or uh, Eagle, sorry, with the Colts with a rookie quarterback like high. Hmm. Best ball, he he'd be a best ball target for me as well. Well, and I thought for McKenzie, it was a clear downgrade for all the reasons you talked about. He actually became fantasy relevant last year when he locked in kind of as that third wide receiver, but we saw him fumble away too many opportunities with drops, or he popped a lot of balls up into the air. Um, and I just think he wasn't ready. Uh, we had a couple of running backs, uh, sign this week too. Dearness Johnson, the former uh, Brown, signs a 
one-year deal with the Jaguars, kind of interesting. And Ronald Jones, a one-year deal with the Cowboys. Do those moves move the needle for you? Dearness doesn't really. I think he comes in to kind of be the trying to think of who it was with the Eagles and I cannot for the life of me remember who it was who was the big back that they had there that mm-hmm. had like the Jordan Howard role that's yeah. where I kind of viewed Dearness Johnson coming in uh with with the Eagles I, I don't think he's gonna take much probably a couple you know he'll get a couple drives here and there he'll probably get some some red zone work but I don't think he's coming in to be the guy the Ronald Jones one is intriguing to me and I will tell you why When he thrived at USC, it was because his offensive line was able to open holes and he was able to use his speed to get into the second level and then burn defenders to get down into the end zone and score. While he probably does not have the speed that he had in college, he's still a very fast player and he brings you a little bit of a different style than Tony Pollard. I'm not expecting him to be like an RB2, but he's a guy I probably will take some shots on because the other thing I will say is I don't know that Tony Pollard can hold up 20 carries a game and five or six catches. He's not the kind of back. I think that you can give 25 touches a game. I think we're going to see very much a role of what we saw last year with him and Zeke. Maybe Pollard getting a little bit. I think it's going to be almost like a 55, 45 or 60, 40 split between the two. Because I just don't know that Pollard holds up to getting all of the work which means I think especially with a improved offensive line in Dallas, Rojo might actually be somewhat fantasy viable next year. If he gets that kind of role, I agree with you. I am not 100% that that it's just going to be him and Pollard. I, there's a big part of me that still thinks Dallas is going to draft a running back. Yeah. And because we got excited when Rojo, it looked like the same basic opportunity when he was going to Kansas city, that he was going to be that alongside CEH, who is a, a homeless man's Pollard. Um, but Rojo ended up mostly having a red shirt season. Cause Isaiah yeah. Pacheco was better at doing that job than he was. And that's what's, this is a running back Richard group. If Bijan Robinson is there when Dallas picks in the first round, yeah. are you going to bet against Jerry Jones? I mean, the guy had, Amari Cooper, Michael Gallup, and somebody else at receiver and still took freaking C.D. Lamb. So, yeah, and because he knew I'll be better off with C.D. Lamb. And Pollard signed his franchise tag. They haven't worked out a long-term deal. If they don't feel like those negotiations are going well, you get another big-time option. You know, if – or, you know, if Bijan's gone and Jameer Gibbs is there, do they just say, hey, you know, this is more what we're – what we want? I'm just – the Ronald Jones one year, everything they've committed doesn't give me a great sense that uh, that they're confident that they're yeah. going to use them. I, I will definitely agree with you on the Bijan part. In fact, there's a lot of talk down here in Cowboys country about how badly they want Bijan to be there. If he falls there, Jerry Jones will pick him. I don't yeah. know that he makes it that far, and I don't think the Cowboys will trade up for him. But if he does, he will be taken. And then that also crushes I mean, Tony that's Pollard. What- that's what happened to CD Lamb. Everybody yeah. thought he was going to go like in the top yeah, ten. That, so did I. And like when Denver passed well, on him, I I think we were on the air. I almost put something yeah. through my TV. Not only Denver, but then what is it? The Raiders taking rugs over him. Oh. Like yeah, yeah. So Dallas yeah, got lucky yeah, in that fact. So 
Yeah, it is possible. I will not say it's not. And, and like I said, down here in Texas, like that is all the talk. Everybody hopes. Like it's very funny because just really quick, like on the flip side of that, like two years into the Zeke deal and like Cowboys weren't getting over and everybody was like, I can't believe they took Zeke. They should have taken Jalen Ramsey and then they could have drafted Derrick Henry in the second round. And now all these Cowboys fans are saying, God, if Bijan's there, take the generational running back. And it's like, but you guys hated when they took Zeke in the first round. So it's going to be interesting to see what they do. Uh, if Bijan's there, I do think they'll take him. Um, the only other big signing, well, the only other notable signing for fantasy possibly purposes is veteran tight end Austin Hooper signing with the Raiders. The Raiders traded Darren Waller uh, to the Giants. Foster Moreau was a free agent. Um, you know, obviously news came out that he's got uh, a type of cancer and will be stepping away from the game. We wish him nothing but the best. Yeah. They signed your favorite, OJ Howard. Now they've signed Hooper. What do you make of uh, Josh McDaniel's tight end room right now? I think Hooper could be somewhat fantasy relevant here. Uh, you know, we've seen in every system that McDaniels has been, there has been like a serviceable tight end. Waller gone. You mentioned the unfortunate news with Moreau. And I don't think it's unfair to say, I think Hooper's more talented than, than OJ Howard. Jimmy Garoppolo comes in, who also had no issue whatsoever in targeting George Kittle a ton. Now granted, maybe that comes into the fact that George Kittle was so talented. They don't really have much in that wide receiver room, in my opinion, outside of Adams. Maybe they draft somebody. I don't know. I mean, we'll see what, what happens with Hunter Renfro. You know, had a good season a couple of years ago last year. Maybe it was mostly due to injury. But I do think if Hooper gets the targets, he could be a very intriguing fantasy tight end. And he's probably a guy who's going to be widely overlooked because everybody just thinks the Raiders are going to be god-awful. So I do think Hooper might be a guy that I'm targeting in tight end, as a tight, like a sleeper tight end late drafts this year. So the last bit of news, we had the, uh, the pro days for uh, C.J. Stroud. Um... Bryce Young, Will Levis, uh, JSN, obviously, in there. Did you take anything away from Pro Days? Those guys still good for you? Uh, I guess Will Levis is QB1 because he can throw the ball 60 yards in the air against uh, against air. There was nobody, you know, attacking him. It was Zach Wilson all over again. Now nah, I don't. You know, it was great to see. The only thing I really took away from those is I find it interesting that a lot of people are now in love with Bryce Young again after his pro day because he hasn't really played a, a snap of football since the bowl game. So I don't know how he went from being bad to good again. He's always been good people, uh, but it was good to see JSN out there running, looking healthy, catching the ball, you know, ran, uh, what was it? I think a four, four, nine, they said in a four, five, three, uh, I think you do have to add a little bit on there. Ohio State's track is downhill, so you get to gain a little bit of speed at the end there. I don't mean that as a shot at JSN. If anybody's watched JSN, you know that he's not the fastest guy out there, but I think just him being out there and running the routes and catching the ball just shows you. It, it was it was nice to see it because I feel like a lot of people forgot how good JSN was because he didn't play this year. Uh, but yeah, outside of that, it didn't change anything for me. I mean... Bryce Young's still my QB one. Jason was and still will continue to be my wide receiver one in the class. And Will Levis is still QB four for me. And that didn't change because he can throw the ball 60 yards. So. Didn't we already know he could kind of fire it? 
I mean, I thought so. I guess it was surprising to a lot of other people watching it today. So Fairweather fans. Yeah. Well, Dennis, you are, you are back with us. Uh, did you take away anything from the pro day for those guys? Well, I, I, I haven't caught up much with Levis and Young, the news there. Obviously, uh, I'm a little bit closer to the Ohio State pro day. I actually uh, was David Carr's transportation after the pro day. So nice. he, he was uh, thoroughly impressed with JSN and CJ Stroud. Um, thought they looked great. Uh, I, you know, to me, CJ Stroud is number one. Uh, I get why people like Bryce Young, but I, I want Stroud. I know Anthony Richardson's got crazy upside. I think Stroud is just going to be a really, really good NFL quarterback. And while it's great to get, you know, three or 400, 500 yards rushing from your quarterback, it's great to get 50 touchdown passes from him too. And C.J. Stroud can throw the ball phenomenally. And I was looking at uh, Ben Baldwin did a breakdown of all 32 offensive lines. And he used our lads' depth charts. And he said, look, for what it's worth, I just took who our lads listed as the starters and I went through with the rankings. I, I forget where he pulled the rankings from. But Carolina's O-line was the fourth-ranked offensive line in the rankings. So C.J. Stroud, aside from having a, a bona fide Jamar Chase or Justin Jefferson wide receiver, he's going to a pretty good situation. Miles Sanders, I expect to have a really good year there. I, I like him a lot. Hayden Hurst is a good tight end. Wouldn't surprise me if he's in that tight end 8, 10, 12 range this year. Thielen is a red zone wide receiver. Will Shy Smith or Chenault or, or uh, Terrace Marshall Jr. step up? I, I don't know. They it, oh, Didn't they sign Chark today too? Yeah. Yes. So yeah. to me, it's still, it's still Stroud. Uh, I haven't heard how Jameer Gibbs looked, but I expect Jameer Gibbs looked fantastic at the pro day. You know, Young didn't weigh in, so he's probably back to his 194 because he was able to go to the bathroom uh, after the combine. So, <laughs> so I, I think it's, you know, I can't wait for rookie drafts. I started, what I do each year is I take a spreadsheet and I list all my teams at the top in the picks on the side and I go through and highlight where all my picks are. I started that yesterday and man, it's exciting. What if the, uh, what if Frank Reich just goes and drafts Will Levis at number one? I, it's possible. He likes Will Levis as the reports before, uh, for all this other stuff for the CJ Stroud pro day. All right. Well, we've talked about some of the uh, rookie quarterbacks who'll be out there passing. I think it's time to get our top 12 wide receivers. Uh, so before we jump into the top 12, Dennis, do you want to recap your 36 to 13? Dennis and I looked at 36 to 13 on Monday. All right. I had Christian Watson, Tyler Lockett, Rashad Bateman, Cortland Sutton, Mike Evans at 32, Jamison Williams, Brandon Cooks, DeAndre Hopkins, Deontay Johnson, George Pickens, Keenan Allen, uh, Calvin Ridley was my 25, Brandon Ayuk at 24, then Drake London, Amari Cooper, Michael Pittman Jr., Terry McLaurin, Jerry Judy, Devonta Smith at 18, Debo Samuel, 
DJ Moore, Chris Godwin, Chris Olave, and Devontae Adams at 13. All right. And for me, I had uh, Juju Smith-Schuster at 36. And then, uh, oops, lost my sheet. Jamison Williams, Tyler Lockett, Rashad Bateman, Cortland Sutton, George Pickens, Christian Watson, DeAndre Hopkins, Mike Evans, Deontay Johnson, Devonta Smith, Keenan Allen at 25, Calvin Ridley at 24, then Brandon Ayuk, Drake London, Amari Cooper, Michael Pittman Jr., Terry McLaurin, Jerry Judy, Chris Olave, Debo Samuel, DJ Moore, Chris Godwin, and DK Metcalf at 13. So Matt uh, is joining us today, and we're going to do our top 12. Matt, do you want to do your uh, first four of your top 12? Yeah, so starting at the top, I just is, I've had Jamar Chase there. I just don't see any way that you can't have Justin Jefferson as well. Isn't it the other, the other end of the oh, top 12? Oh, Sorry. Spoiler 12, alert. 11, 10, and 9. Spoiler alert. Jamar Chase or Justin Jefferson is going to be at my number one spot. So starting at 12, uh, Tyree Kill. It sounds like Tua is going to be back. I do believe in Mike McDaniel's offense. He took a small step back last year. But with that speed and that offense, I still think he's going to be a top 12 wide receiver. And number 11, I've got Chris Olave. You know, I know that they brought Michael Thomas back and – you know, the offense is they who they bring in at quarterback now again. It was a uh, car. They they've got car there at offense who we know is not necessarily afraid to distribute the ball. And I don't think he was as bad, or I don't think he will be as bad for the Saints as he showed for the Raiders last year. And I just don't think they have any other weapons there. Like I love Michael Thomas. Hope he's able to get back on the field and show something. I don't think he's wide receiver one or even really deserves to be in wide receiver two conversation anymore. I think it's gonna be Chris Olave. He's gonna be the guy for the Saints. At number 10, I have T. Higgins. I, I mean, I don't know what else you want to say. The dude's extremely talented. Cincinnati's offense is going to throw the ball 600 times again this year, especially if Mixon ends up not playing with all the stuff he's got going on off the field. At nine, I have Devontae Adams. I wanted to move him higher, but some of these younger wide receivers, I think are going to be just a little bit better than him. I don't love his quarterback being Jimmy Garoppolo, but it was just hard for me to drop such a talented wide receiver out of the top 10. I, he, I think should be in the conversation with Keenan Allen as one of the best route runners in the entire NFL. And I think that kind of gets overlooked. I think he will end up Football fans, the first Sunday of the NFL season is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, is giving new customers a can't-miss offer to celebrate the return of the NFL season. Right now, new customers can bet just $5 and get $200 in free bets instantly. And as an added bonus for Week 1, everybody can experience the thrill of DraftKings with early win promotion. It's simple. Bet on an NFL team to win. If your team leads by 10 at any point during the game, you get paid instantly, even if the team ends up losing. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the promo code TPPN, that is TPPN, and get $200 in free bets instantly. When you place a $5 bet this Sunday, that is code TPPN, only at DraftBook Sportsbook, DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See the descriptions for the episode for details. Being 
fine for you this year. I think he finishes in the top 12, but I don't think he should be up near that like wide receiver one conversation where he's been the past couple of years. Well, you know, if they don't end up with Mixon, apparently they'll have Zeke, so it won't really matter there. Uh, man, it, it's great for him to fall forward two yards every carry. So, <laughs> Hey, sounds like Mixon 2022 Mixon to me. Dennis, you want to give us uh, your 12 to 9? I do. So starting at number 12, I have Amon Ra St. Brown. You know, he's he's just a baller. He is a target hog. He's starting to he's starting to rise up like Keenan Allen. You know, he can do a little bit of deeper stuff, but for the most part, he's a slot guy. He's gonna run high leverage routes. He's gonna, they're gonna be easy for him to get open, and he's doing it really well. And if you give him a step, he can go. He isn't the fastest, but he's not slow by any stretch of the imagination. And so I really like Amon Ross St. Brown. I have T. Higgins at 11. I, I had Higgins and Chase both in my top 12 last year, and they're both there again this year. Um, I feel like my Devontae Smith at 18 is probably too low after his last season, but uh, I also don't know if they'll be able to repeat what they did last year. So uh, I got Higgins up. That's the only pair I have in the top 12. Uh, like Matt said, Higgins is a baller. He's just really good at what he does. And he's what, 6'3", 215. He's a big receiver, plays great on the outside, has good speed. I have Stefan Diggs at number 10. I'm getting a little bit more nervous about this one. Uh, I like Diggs, and he seems to be the number one guy there. But all there is seem to be, all there seems to be, the last few weeks is how they need to add another wide receiver of note. And if they do, I'm starting to wonder like what's going to happen to Devon or uh, Stefan Diggs volume. Uh, and then at number nine, I've got DK Metcalf. I think Metcalf is just, he's a unicorn at the wide receiver position. He's so big. He's so strong. He's so fast. What he does well, he does, I think better than anybody in the NFL. Now, there's a significant portion of the route tree that he doesn't do well. And to Pete Carroll's credit, he just says, okay, then we just won't have you do that. And to that end, DK Metcalf, he's a baller. And, and Geno Smith just got handed that fat contract. Well, he earned it. He had a great year last year. For the next three years, he's going to need to try to keep that because it is structured that they can get out of it should Geno faceplant. So Gino's going to want to uh, keep thing, keep the band together, and uh, DK Metcalf's going to be an integral part of that. Yeah, so for me, I have Devontae Adams at 12. Um, I share the concerns that uh, Matt does about quarterback. I, I would add to that um, his coach, who I wouldn't, wouldn't trust with anything. Um, but – you know, we saw him get a lot of targets last year. He's such a great talent. I just couldn't drop him out of the top 12. But I have him a little bit lower there because of his situation and because he is getting a little bit older. Uh, number 11 for me, I have Amon Ross St. Brown. Um, I love what he's been doing in Detroit. I love he seems to be locked in as the number one. He has great rapport seemingly with Goff. Um, I'm looking for Detroit taking a, another step forward this year. I'm very excited about uh, why. I'm not as excited as Dennis since they're his team, but pretty excited. Number 10 for me, I have Garrett Wilson. Um, I love Wilson. Uh, I think getting Rodgers will probably be good. Um, 
has to be better than the quarterback situation he had last year. Uh, so I have him up there. And then I have T Higgins at nine. Um, I think we've all talked about he's a great player. They throw the ball a lot. We've seen the last couple of years he and Jamar Chase can both put up big numbers and thrive in that offense. Um, I'll go ahead and do my next four, and then we'll come back to you, Dennis. Uh, number eight for me, I have Stephon Diggs. Um, I share some of your concerns if they potentially get another receiver. I think one of them wanting to get a receiver, though, is more of a reflection on the fact that Gabe Davis just isn't it. I have more concerns that it seems like Stephon Diggs seems unhappy there, um, especially the last year or so. We've seen a lot more rumblings. That gives me a little bit of a moment of pause. Um, but he's still been great in producing. Um, I guess I forgot. I must have two sets of teammates in here because I have Jalen Waddle. Uh, in here at seven uh, for Miami. Love what he's doing. I'm excited. Uh, I did that you know. too. Yeah, I think we just realized we Miami, we blanked it out. Two sets of teammates, but Waddle uh, was great alongside Tyreek Hill. The fact that they're moving on from Gusecki, I think, clarifies that they're they're going to keep using those two guys. Uh, I think it's all all the signs this offseason have been promising that Miami thinks Tua is going to come back healthy. And when he was in there, they looked uh, really good. Number six for me, I have Cooper Cup. I still like the talent. Um, you know, he's coming off injury. A lot more questions about the Rams' offense in general. Uh, Stafford as well, who's coming off injury. What does he have left? Um, so we'll have to see how that shapes up, but still uh, a great talent. And then number five for me, I have A.J. Brown. Um, he looked great with Jalen Hurts. Uh, I think that part of their offense is still in great shape. So, Dennis, what are your next four, eight through five? So I have uh, my my part of my second duo checking in here at number eight, Jalen Waddle. I agree with you. They've they've made the determination. They're you know, for lack of a better term, their body language says we believe two is going to be fine. We've picked up his fifth year option. We didn't go chasing a quarterback. Now it's could could they draft Hendon Hooker in the second round? Maybe you know they could. I, I think Hooker is really the only other uh, I think starter worthy quarterback in the draft, other than the big four. Uh, but maybe they could do something, you know, draft somebody. To, I, I don't think they draft somebody to compete with Skylar Thompson because they like him and he's a developmental guy. Who did they sign this there to? Mike White. Mike White. That's right. Well, maybe they do sign some, pick somebody up. Um, so I got Jalen Waddle there. Uh, at number seven, I got Cooper Cup. I'm probably low. He's probably going to, but I mean, he's what? He's 30 years old. He's coming off an injury. Matt Stafford's coming off a back injury. Who knows what that's going to play out. Um, The Rams are kind of in a little bit of disarray. It'll be interesting to see what they do and to be able to kind of cover up for their all-in. They've got a – they won the Super Bowl. And that's great. Now you just got to take your medicine, move on, rebuild. A couple of years, you can do it again. Uh, uh, gonna uh, at number six, I've got Tyreek Hill. Uh, I like him a lot. I think he's going to be very productive, but he's getting he's getting ready to cross that 30-year-old uh, threshold here pretty soon. 
He's a smaller guy. Again, he's a, a unicorn in the opposite way that DK Metcalf is. He's small. He's sturdy. He's fast. He's agile and athletic. He, he's great after the catch, zigzagging all over the place. I love his game. He, he gets it done. And at number five, I've got C.D. Lamb. As good as C.D. Lamb is, he seems to be falling just short of my expectations. Now, that could be just a fault of my expectations, and I will acknowledge that. Maybe he has a season where he steps up and is the wide receiver one, but it looks like he's going to forever be capped out in that three, four, five, six range as his ceiling. Um, but he's young. He's still got a lot of time left in front of him. All right, so my eight through five at eight, I've got Cooper Cup. Uh, I still believe he is going to be extremely talented, likely the focal point of that offense, regardless of who the quarterback is going to be, which obviously we have some questions about whether Matt Stafford will be back or not. But Sean McVay is still the offensive coordinator, and I still believe Cooper Cup can be good for another couple of years. At seven, I have Stefan Diggs, obviously a little bit worried about him as well. Just doesn't seem like that dude stays happy at a place for more than a couple of years. But as long as he stays in Buffalo, I believe he's going to be the one in that offense. And he's paired with one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL, Josh Allen. So I've got to keep him up here. Six, Jalen Waddell. Amazing season this year. I don't see any reason why he doesn't replicate what he does or did or continue to get better to a hopefully stays healthy the entire season. Again, all in on Mike McDaniels and this offense. And at five, I have Garrett Wilson. I, I think he is going to take a massive step forward, a thousand yards as a rookie in the NFL with Mike White and Zach Wilson throwing him the ball. I believe Joe Flacco for a couple of games, too, if I'm not misremembering there. Now he yes, gets Joe Aaron. Flacco. Yeah. Now he gets Aaron Rodgers. And as I mentioned earlier in the show, I think he could take that Devontae Adams type role in this offense. And while I know he's a second year player and it, it takes a little bit of time for Aaron Rodgers to kind of build that chemistry. The one thing we have seen, and we saw it this year, even with the Christian Watson and a Romeo dudes, when those guys were able to create separation, Rodgers would force feed them the ball. Garrett Wilson is a master at creating separation within the route. And once he starts doing that and Rodgers trust him, he's going to get him the ball. And the big difference between Garrett Wilson and Romeo Dubs and Christian Watson is Garrett Wilson catches everything thrown in his direction. He does not drop the ball. He has meat hooks for hands. I think he is in for a massive second season. So I've that, I, And I don't think he drops out of this top five anytime soon either, as long as Rodgers is there. So Matt, why don't you uh, finish off and give us your top four? And yeah. there better be Justin Jefferson and Jamar Chase because you already teased that out. Surprise, surprise, guys. Massive fall off coming for Justin Jefferson. No, I'm just kidding. Um, and I should mention Garrett Wilson, I believe, completes three. No, I'm sorry. I was saying three groups of teammates. I forgot Chris Olave does not play with him anymore. <laughs> college teammates, though. They are college <laughs> teammates. Uh, so at four for me, I've got C.D. Lamb. You know, I, I do think that this offense is going to continue to improve, especially now with uh, them trying to continue to go back to that offensive line they used to have, you know, maybe another year back from Dak uh, or getting healthier from that injury. Hopefully he continues, but he's going to be the one there. And I, I think he does have a really good season. At three, A.J. Brown. You know, I feel like he's becoming the Robert Woods of just continually gets disrespected and ends up going out there and just continually produces. Great year last year. 
Jalen Hurts uh, is going to eventually sign a long-term deal with Philadelphia. I think those two are going to their best friends off the field as well. I think he's going to continue to just dominate on the field for an offense that's likely going to continue to be very good. Two for me, Jamar Chase. I, 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 if you want to put him at one, I have no issue with that, but I just feel like how good Justin Jefferson has been the past two years. No injury questions. And let's be honest, worst quarterback and still out there breaking records, looking like a true stud. I don't think there's a wrong answer in putting those two one and two, but if it was me, Justin Jefferson's one, Jamar Chase two. All right, Dennis, what is your top four? So I have A.J. Brown at four. You know, he's he was the offense in Tennessee. He went to Philadelphia, and, and many of us thought, well, there's going to be a clear drop-off. They don't throw the ball as much, uh, or they throw the ball a little, maybe a little bit more than Tennessee or about the same amount as Tennessee, but they have better weapons than A.J. Brown had around him, and he's going to take a hit. And boy, was I wrong. He uh, stepped up, had a phenomenal year. Now, Smith caught more passes. Brown had more yards. It was They seemed to be... Like they're like Batman and Robin, yin and yang, you know, peanut butter and jelly. They go together. They give you everything in that offense. And, and I, I just like AJ Brown a little bit better. Uh, like I said earlier, I think I, in my next rankings pass, I'm probably going to be sliding Devontae Smith up substantially. I have Garrett Wilson at number three. He, I, you know, a thousand yard season as a rookie. With a clown car of quarterbacks throwing the ball to him, he's going to get Aaron Rodgers. I think, you know, we'll, uh, the, the news will be if Aaron Rodgers does not go to New York, not if he when he does go. So I love that for him. And I get that Aaron takes a little time to build up rapport. But Garrett Wilson does all the things Aaron Rodgers likes. He gets open and he doesn't drop the ball. It, that makes it really easy to be a quarterback's best friend. Uh, at 23 years old, going into his second season, he's got a long runway in front of him. Even when Aaron Rodgers falls off and they replace him, I think Garrett Wilson is going to continue to have a phenomenal career and, and rack up fantasy points. I have Chase at two and Jefferson at one. I, you know, we can beat a dead horse all we want. They're two phenomenal wide receivers and getting either one of them to anchor your startup great move. I, I did a best ball where I won and and then coming back around on the, the two, three turn, I was like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to double tap T Higgins and Joe Burrow. It'll be a reach on Burrow, but that would give me Jefferson Higgins and Burrow Higgins went three picks before me and I pivoted. I ended up going somewhere else, but I was so looking forward to that best ball start of Jefferson Burrow and Higgins. That would have been so beautiful. Yeah. For my top four, I have CD lamb at uh, number four. Um, I, I love the talent. I love the potential. Um, as we've discussed, despite my best efforts, apparently I'm a Cowboys fan. What are you going to do? Uh, at number three, I have Tyreek Hill, and um, it grieves me greatly that I'm the highest of the three of us because 
as a person, I still don't really care for him. But we thought his numbers would fall off moving away from Patrick Mahomes. They really didn't. Um, He looks like a great fit there, looks like a great fit for what they're trying to do. They use him in a lot of different ways. Um, and I think he's still just going to produce incredible numbers. And then, much like you guys, I have Jamar Chase at two and Justin Jefferson at one. I don't think you can go wrong with either of them. Um, great players. So probably not a lot of debate up at the the very tippy top of wide receivers. But uh, let me pose a couple of questions to you guys. Matt, I'll let you answer this one first. When we start adding in the rookies – would anyone in this rookie class threaten the top 12 for you? No. Um, I, I personally, not year one. I, I do think JSN and Quentin Johnson have a chance to get there at some point. JSN though, I do think needs to land on the right team. That's going to target him heavily, but I do see he, I, he is great at creating separation as well. So I feel like as long as he ends up with even like a decent quarterback, he's going to be fine. Quentin Johnson definitely has the body type and the ceiling to get there, but he is still a little bit raw. I know a lot of people want to say like he could be DK Metcalf. My thing is, I, I don't even know that he does like the straight line, you know, catches uh, the just straight go routes like DK Metcalf even did. And DK Metcalf is a beyond physical freak. I don't think Quentin Johnson quite like hits that level. So those would be the two for me. I have more faith that JSN is able to do it just because he's such a great route runner, incredible hands and everything. But I don't think any of them do it year one. Yeah, to me, this as good as I expect some of these guys to be, they're not in that elite tier uh, there isn't a C.D. Lamb. There isn't a Justin Jefferson. And, and to be fair, I guess Jefferson really wasn't in that tier coming in. So there isn't a C.D. Lamb. There isn't an A.J. Brown coming in. But JSN is I, – I don't have any reason to think he's not going to be good in that Amon Ra St. Brown vein. He's plenty fast enough. I, I think – Anybody who watched him play and thought, oh, this guy is a blazer, was blazing before they watched him play. So, I mean, he gets open with his quickness and his shiftiness. And if he gets behind you, he may be able to take it. But he, he he's a guy that's, you know, he's a 50-yard touchdown guy, not an 80-yard touchdown guy. Uh, Quentin Johnston is the 80-yard touchdown guy. But I think he's got some development to go. He's the one I look at and think, here's a guy that could approach, if he matures and gets in the right situation, he could approach that elite status at 6'3 and a half, 200 pounds, and some of the speed we've seen from him. But he's got some developing to do. Uh, Addison looks good, but he didn't test well. So we'll have to. I like the tape. I loved Addison's tape. But again, he's another 180 pounder. That makes me a little bit nervous. Um, Probably JSN is the one I could see creeping up into the bottom end of the wide receiver ones in the first couple seasons, whereas Johnson is one that I could see four years from now kind of having a rise like Stefan Diggs did where he came in and he ended up in the top five after about three years or four years of developing and kind of Devontae Adams kind of approach. That's where kind of where I see Quentin Johnston. All right. 
On the flip side, we'll start with you, Dennis. What is one player that you have in your top 12 that makes you the most nervous that they might, the bottom might fall out? I'll give you two. And and I kind of touched on them when I was breaking them down. One is Cooper Cup. You know, he's coming off the injury. The injury isn't such that it should sap what makes him or gives him the ability to get open, you know. He's one of the he, – he's not a, a burner. Um, so as long as he can maintain the agility coming off the knee injury, that's great. But if Stafford doesn't come back, that could be a complete train wreck in L.A., which could cause him to drop out. The other one is Diggs. I kind of agree with Matt. You know, he's he's at that stage now where he's looking for more, wants to be he, – he, after a couple of years, the divaness wears off. And he starts to then act like a diva. He, he, I think he starts to feel like he's being taken for granted and he wants more from people, wants more from the team, wants to be showered with affection. And it's like, dude, you've got a fat contract, go out there, do your job. And, and so that could be, you know, if they sign somebody or draft somebody that can step in and be what we all wanted Gabe Davis to be, or Dawson Knox takes another step, or who knows? I love the signing of Damian Harris. He may give them just what they need in that running game, and now all of a sudden, you know, not only does Josh Allen's rushing attempts drop a little bit, but they're able to grind the clock out a little better, and some of Stefan Diggs' targets dissipate, and maybe he starts to get a little grouchy too. Uh, those are the two guys that I could see dropping out. For me, it's probably Chris Olave because the offense doesn't take a step forward like I think it will, and Derek Carr is is as bad as he was in, in Las Vegas, in which case even if, if Olave is considered the one, I feel like he won't get the, the targets or the volume to be able to beat up here in the top 12 because, like, I have – you know, you guys mentioned one guy. I think almost all of ours are fairly similar outside of, like, I didn't have him on Raw – who's I have at 13, who could easily jump a Chris Olave if he's not getting the volume. So it would be Olave for me. Yeah, and for me, it's, it is Diggs. Some of the reasons Dennis hit on, but I also, I have loved Buffalo um, the last couple of years, um, and I've loved the potential um, the last couple of years there's been a lot of talk this offseason that their Super Bowl window may have passed them by I mean we've seen Miami making strides Jets are making strides New England is still New England there's a lot of competition in the AFC we went into the offseason thinking Buffalo needed to do something at running back and probably needed to at least get a wide receiver too and they haven't done anything so far i didn't care for the Damian Harris signing the way you did, Dennis. I don't know that that does a lot for them. I still have questions. They've been in on a lot of rumors of of big moves. We haven't seen things happen. Things could still come together, but I have gotten a little uneasy that the wheels may come off in Buffalo and with Diggs already being sort of a vocal critic of a lot of things the last offseason more so this offseason there were a lot of rumblings that he might be trying to force his way out it makes me nervous 
Poor Buffalo. <laughs> uh, that'll wrap it up for us uh, today. That is uh, the look at wide receivers. Uh, Dennis and I will be back on Monday. We're planning to do a mock draft, a Dynasty startup mock draft. So if you're interested in participating for that, look for a link coming out uh, this weekend. We're going to start that up and uh, try to make a few rounds through before we get back on Monday night. But, Dennis, if uh, people are trying to fill their time in between selections in their latest mock draft, what should they do? Well, they should go Google the Fantasy Football Roundtable podcast on the Pigskin Podcast Network and then hit that subscribe button. We changed platforms, lost a lot of our subscribers, and we'd love to get you back. Then download, listen, you know, give us a rating and a review. We love to hear how we're doing. Uh, We appreciate you all listening. Well, that'll do it for us this weekend. Hope you guys have a great weekend, and we will see you back here on Monday.